The following sermon is by Manny Alaniz, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel in Northwest San Antonio, Texas. For more information, for prayer, or to support us financially, please visit our website at stephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. God exalts the humble who rest in the promises of Christ shown by their repentance. Let us prepare our hearts to hear God's truth through the preaching of His Word, which begins with prayer. Let us pray together. Oh, most gracious Father, we have read the Word, the Word of Your voice and we pray and rejoice that that word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Yes, Lord, he has spoken divine truth. So now we pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will have ears to hear it, eyes to see it, and hearts to understand it. Grant that we will not pick and choose what we want to hear, but clearly understand a message you are sending to us. May we turn in repentance to you and be healed. In Christ we pray, amen. Please be seated. As somebody mentioned allergies, they're really bad, so bear with me. Uh, a few weeks ago, during Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving break, uh, we, Sandy and I, prepared... Uh, we invited people to come and share Thanksgiving dinner with us, with uh, friends and family, to to come and and, and share. And so, when we, uh, as we welcome people, as we prepared to welcome people to our home, we did a lot of things. There was a lot of things that had to be done. There was things that needed to be fixed. Some of most, what we would call honeydew stuff that I have not done, I had to do them because people were coming. So we were preparing to receive someone, our family and loved ones. And, and that included preparing the meals and everything else. That's what we do. That's what you, uh, many of y'all did. You prepared your homes. You prepared your heart, so to speak, to receive people to come into your home. Well, today, on, on the, today is what, what the church calls... Uh, Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany Sunday. Uh, it's also known as the, the, the Feast of the Epiphany. Now, you recall the story. This is the time when the Magi from the, from the East, the, the Gentiles from the East, came to the, the, the nation of Israel, so to speak, looking for the, for the king the king of glory. They, they came looking for the king bearing gifts. Now, it's interesting to note that they were guided by a star. We had a, we had a sermon on this not too long ago. But they were guided by the star, which many people believe that no one saw this star, this guiding light, except for the Magi. And they were bearing gifts. Now, what, what's interesting to note about that is that they were carrying out uh, an ancient Eastern custom. 
And that ancient Eastern custom is when, a, when you have the, uh, the arrival of some very important people or a very important person, a king, when you see the arrival of a king, you come to welcome that king and you do what? You bear gifts. You bear gifts. And that's what they did. They came uh, in, to Bethlehem. They finally got to Bethlehem and they bore gifts to the king of glory, welcoming the king of glory, the birth of Jesus Christ. And they they uh, worshiped him. They worshiped the king. That is the, the epiphany. The epiphany means that it was a divine revelation of a deity to humanity. Interestingly enough, the Jews had been waiting for this for centuries, centuries, and it was Gentiles who actually prepared a way, prepared a way to greet, to, for the king, to welcome the king, to prepare the way for the king to arrive and, and bear gifts unto, unto the king. They paid respect, they paid homage and goodwill. Now that's the question we're looking at today. That's our passage today. Our passage reflects that. And so that's the question that we all have. How do you, how do you personally, how are you and what are you doing to prepare the way of the Lord in your life? Now, that, that could be a little hard to understand because many of you, all of you, I personally know all of you, so I know that you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, the, this passage was written, uh, was, was a reflection on a passage written in Isaiah centuries before. And it talked about preparing the way of the Lord. And it was written to God's people. This is echoed in our passage in, in the Gospel of St. Luke, written to God's people. So why is it saying, prepare the way of the Lord? That's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at today. And, and when we talk about preparing the way of the Lord in our lives, in you, in your Christian life, it causes you to do something, to take action. Not only have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to continue to take action. You have to continue to prepare a way into your heart. Prepare a way that, that, that you can receive Christ. The Lord has saved you. He is coming. He's going to return. But He has saved you. He is a part of your life. Now, how do you bring him to your life? How does he come into your life? When God saves us, he saves us where we're at, right there. He saved Manny Alanese, right there where he was at. In all his sinfulness, that's where God has saved you. In all your sinfulness, you're, we were corrupted in sin. We were engulfed in sin. And that's where he met us. Now, some may be thinking, now, wait a minute, Pastor Manny, wait a minute. You may be thinking, now, Manny, I was, okay, I'll admit that I was a sinner. You know, I, I may have had a couple of sins that I, 
that I had done, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that corrupt. I wasn't engulfed in sin. Well, God's Word says that we were. God's Word says that we were dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our sins. So when God saved us, He saved us where we were at. Okay, so now we have been saved. And God is, is, a, is, is we, He is now our Lord. You heard the gospel being preached, and now you responded to the gospel message. You received Christ as Savior, but you're engulfed in sin. I was. So what, did, what do we do to, as the Lord is drawing nearer to us and we're drawing nearer to Him? What are the obstacles that are in our way? Sin. We're still there. We're still tainted in sin. So how do we prepare the way of the Lord? How do we make His path straight like our passage says? We do it in repentance. We do it in repentance. We spoke about this and we started talking about this. Repentance, by the way, requires action on our part. When we repent, we're taking action. We're turning away from what we used to do and turning to the Lord. That requires action. That requires action on our part. Now, some people would call that works. And other people, other Christians would say, oh, man, you can't say works. We, we don't work for our salvation. And who's talking about working for your salvation? You're, you've already been saved. So now you're required to take action as so you can at least demonstrate that you belong to God's people and you're kingdom bound. We started talking about this last week. We started talking about how Christ talked about how He loved us. And He talked about how if we truly love Him, if we truly love Him, we would do what? We would be obedient to His teaching. Now, a lot of people, I got feedback on that, okay? So a lot of people... For some reason, started thinking that, that that I was talking about works righteousness. Works righteousness is when you do the work to be saved. No, you can never do the, enough work to be saved. We we know this. We're saved by the glory of God. We're saved by the grace of God. By the grace of God through the work of Christ, bestowed upon us by the Holy Spirit. That's how we're saved. But we're still required to, to, to take action. There, there are some people who, who misunderstand theology, so to speak. And, and they think, well, we cannot, because God has saved us, and He has. And make no mistake about it, the work of our salvation is the work of God. Cannot happen otherwise. But we're saved unto what? Good works. We're saved unto good works. That requires action. And we seem to forget about that part. We always think, about God saved us, God saved us, so we're not going to do nothing. We're not going to do nothing. And, and, and for some of us, and, and, and me included, after I was saved, no one could tell. 
I hadn't changed. I didn't do anything different. But as he drew nearer to me and I drew nearer to him, I started getting convicted of sin. Convicted of sin. Which causes you to want to get away from it. Get away from sin and get nearer to him. Draw nearer to him. So, just like we spoke about last week, we're speaking about today. We're talking about how we are to respond to salvation. And to respond to salvation requires action on our part. It requires work on our part. You have heard it said, and you've read that faith without work or works is dead. Faith without works is dead, which means that true faith in Jesus Christ always produces good works. Good works. I don't like that. I don't like that. We may think. Because we're... We're coming from we're coming from corruption. We don't know the blessing of being obedient to Christ is. We don't know the blessings that come from that. Oh, there's so many blessings that God bestows upon us because we're just being obedient to Him. We are being obedient to Him. But see, what we spoke about last week, and it's true, it continues to be true, we're not perfect. We're gonna mess up. Just a matter of time. I mess up all the time. We're not perfect. But being obedient to Christ means what? Repenting. What does Jesus say? In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, the Lord, our Lord says, the time is fulfilled for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent, and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Believe what the gospel says about salvation. Even the Lord is calling us to repent. Command. Repentance, a very command that God is giving us to repent is being obedient to Him. We repent to be obedient to Him. So when we stumble and fall, we repent to be obedient to Him. And we can, we can, <laughs> we are blessed to have an intellect and we come up with excuses all the time. And sometimes we come up with excuses to sin because we think, well, I'll just repent when I sin. And you can imagine the, the circular logic there, that in itself is a sinful thought. And, and see, when we repent of our sin, and when, that means that we don't want anything to do with that. We want everything to do with Him. And when we grieve the Spirit, it causes a sadness. And it causes us to want to just Get away from the whatever the sins may be and turn to Him and, and draw nearer to Him. Drawing nearer to God. Drawing nearer to God. Getting nearer to His holiness will make us realize and see 
our sinfulness. You know, when we are first saved, we feel pretty good and we rejoice and we will continue to be feel great and rejoice in remembering the blessing that that is. But as we walk in our the, this process called being made holy, as we go on this spiritual sanctification uh, process called living life, we're going to draw nearer to Him in this process. And as we're drawing nearer to Him, we're going to realize more and more how we're engulfed with sinfulness. We're going to reflect on things we did in the past. And we're going to go, I repent. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. As you draw nearer to Christ and His holiness, you're going to realize how much you need the cross, how much you need Him. And how meaning, meaningful His death and resurrection is to us. He, the Lord, as we draw nearer to Him, reveals His love, reveals His holiness to us. So as we turn to our text and continue in our text, we're told that the voice, the voice. Now, wait a minute. It's not the voice we see on TV where we have these musicians singing. It's the voice. Did you ever come out on it? Okay. The voice. I would never come out on it. Okay. No, it's not that. It is the voice, the herald spoken about in the Old Testament, prophesied in the Old Testament. The herald, the envoy, the messenger that will proclaim and tell about the coming of the Lord, of the Lord. He tells us to prepare the way of Yahweh, making straight the paths of Elohim. Again, this is not just spoken about in the Old Testament. It is mentioned in all four Gospels. And it is referring to John the Baptist, a herald, God's herald, the voice, crying out in the wilderness of this fallen and broken world, warning us to prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the King. The King is coming. He's coming to your house. He's coming into your heart. He's coming into your soul. Prepare. How do you prepare? Repentance. Repentance. Remember, you're saved. God is in your life now. Everything is changing. Everything is turned upside down. People are starting to see you change and they go like, what happened to him? What's wrong with him? Somebody may even say, hey, you better get your act straight and go back to where you were because whatever you're going through, whatever phase you're going through, get over it. A loved one may even tell you that. But what you're going through is real. More real than you can imagine. And it certainly reflects Him. The way. The, this, the voice. The voice is the herald calling us, warning us to prepare the way of the Lord for the coming King. And for us today, it is for His return. Now, how do we make his path straight? And we've hit on it already several times. How do you make the path, his path straight? Well, you do it through repentance. Now, what does repentance look like? What does that look like? Well, it talks about it in our passage. And I like what uh, theologian 
Charles Spurgeon and others have talked have said about this. When we repent, we give our Lord the road, the road into our hearts through the wilderness of our fallen nature. That every valley of our sinfulness must be exalted, doubting the Lord and despairing over the things He's calling us to do must be removed. Seeking, self-seeking and fleshly desires must be forsaken. Now, there's an interesting one there because that's something that really hits many of us close to home. Self-seeking desires, fleshly desires, which are powerful in our lives, must be forsaken. We must turn away from them. And we can only do this by the grace of God. So you acknowledge what it is. You acknowledge that you need help. And, and there are many sins that many of us struggle through, whether it's alcoholism, pornography, sexual lust, whatever they may be. They must be forsaken through repentance and through the grace of God. There is no other way to do it but the grace of God, and He will give you that grace. Across these deep valleys, a glorious causeway must be raised. Every mountain and hill of our pridefulness and our deception and self thinking that we're self-sufficient, along with our boastfulness and self-righteousness, must be leveled and make a highway for the King of Kings. Please know that divine fellowship with God has never been promised to the haughty, to, the, to those who are high-minded sinners, to the prideful. The Lord has respect and love for the lowly, for those who are contrite in heart, for those who know they need Him. And without Him, they're nothing. And with Him, they're everything. Ah. The lofty. The, those who think they're lofty. Those who think they're... Those who are arrogant are an abomination unto the Lord in repentance. The crooked things in our lives must be made straight through the process of repentance. Our wavering heart must have a straight path of decision, making a decision for God, for God. Now, how do you make a decision for God? I mean, we live, a, we live in a life of pure thought, right? We're always thinking, we're always doing stuff, we're always in thought. And so, what do you think about when you're down and out? What do you think about when you need comfort and you just want to be, you just want to feel happy? Do you think about a vacation, a getaway, a cruise? Do you think about maybe something that's laughter or humor, just to kind of make you laugh? 
Or do you think about maybe going camping, going to the outdoors? Or do you think about some accomplishment that you made or you're trying to accomplish? What do you think about? Do you think about being in good health, working out, your favorite football team? Or do you think about a relationship uh, with someone else, a, a person or family? What do you think about? What comes to your mind when you want to think about something that brings you happiness? Do you think about the Lord? Does He come immediately to your mind? When you're down and out and you're feeling bad, and it happens, it happens, where do you go? You go to Him. You should. See, that's the making the paths straight. That's the preparing the way because He is first and foremost in your life. And all that other stuff comes. It comes. Sir, the family makes you happy. There are other things back here, but He, He is it. He's the first and foremost. We rejoice, excuse me, we rejoice in the Lord because He is the glorious One. And if you're in Christ, you can rejoice in knowing that you have this relationship, this personal relationship with Christ. The person of Christ. So you can, it's a person. God is a person. You can have a personal relationship with Christ. But you can rejoice in knowing that He calls you to be the voice. He calls you to be the voice in the wilderness of this broken world. He calls you to be the voice, his, 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 uh, uh, his en uh, envoy to go out to the rest of the world and proclaim the gospel to those who dearly need it. Like Oscar and Nancy are going, they're getting, they're really getting into the jungle, to the mission field. But the mission field is all around you, and you know it. You know that it surrounds you, and you're called to be that voice in the wilderness to make, telling people to make their path straight, sharing the gospel message to those who don't know it. We are called to live a life of repentance. We rejoice in knowing that God exalts the humble who rest in the promises of Christ. And we show this in our life of repentance and faith. Let us pray. You've been listening to Manny Alanese, pastor at St. Stephen's Chapel. For more information about our church, visit our website at ststephenschapel.org or call us at 210-241-5969. Please join us prayerfully and financially as we seek to glorify God by preaching His Word and spreading the gospel of grace in boldness and selflessness.